Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome back within Thin Lines. My name is Vince Castaneda. I'm one of the co-hosts here for this podcast. And welcome to a unique series of episodes for our third launch. Something that we as a co-hosts here have been eager to deliver for our content. A ultimate collaboration of Table Talk Conversation, Bumper Talk, whatever it is that you call it, where we have a plethora of experience, different cultures, different work cultures, different criteria, different job descriptions. Ultimately, we are introducing the variety of those thin lines within our community. Without further ado, welcome to the Art of Conversation, here within Thin Lines. <laughs> here we are. Um, good afternoon. Uh, we have actually a crowd of people here today. A couple cigars are lighting up. Um, a couple glasses, some ice, some... What are they? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was so natural the first yeah, it time. <laughs> it was. <laughs> this one seemed a little forced. It's good though. We'll make it work. So let's go around the table, do a little introduction of each other. Um, to my left, I have Mr. Stephen Hines. Howdy. Tell me about yourself. Uh, Who are you? Know, you? Just a big city cop. Uh, born and raised in... Hyde Park, Chicago, barely the south side. Uh, yeah, Vince and I go way back to nursery school, not even grade school. Uh, yeah. Just, just a couple years ago. Yeah. Literally stone so away from where we are now. Sweet. And uh, how long you been on the job? Three years now. Hmm. Three long years, but Would short at the same time. Are you happy about it? Yeah, you know, I, I don't regret it at all. I just wish I got on earlier. Okay. Why so? Just more seniority and, you know, probably be doing something else besides being a beat cop. Not Nothing wrong with that. Just, you know, I'm always of that uh, go big, go home mentality or go home mentality. Sure. Which I'm sure you all can relate. Absolutely. Especially to the, the gentleman to my right. Well, it's an honor to have you here with us today. Um, Thank you. We know that you've listened to our show before in the past. Hope you enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any storytellings or whatnot that you've uh, picked up on? Or what have you learned from us so far? Uh, you know, just like that big community aspect and uh, really addressing training. Like, you know, kind of picked up on And even just from before listening to the show, you know, I know you're big on training and always being prepared, you know, never being too stuck up to always you know you can always learn something else from someone or another like i guess path or uh any type of training you know there's sure. nothing wrong with keeping up the skills awesome so we have some uh conversational stuff about training that we're gonna go over today and we're actually excited to have you here because you're gonna give us a perspective that we haven't 
quite had the opportunity to hear from. So some pressure. <laughs> thin blue line community. Um, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Going down the line, who do we have next? What's up? So I'm Alex. Uh, I'm a fireman now. Uh, I used to uh, work full time for the military, uh, for the Illinois National Guard. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, me and you, we're in the same unit. Yeah. It's uh, it's an honor to serve with you. Likewise, brother. <laughs> Likewise, it's no, always yeah. a good time to see you. And uh, yeah, I have two kids. I'm very very proud, you know, to be part of this country. I'm obviously not, you know, wasn't born here, but I feel like I, I am now. You know, it's it's weird how <clears throat> after living so many years in Mexico, I come over here and 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 you just feel naturally bound to this country. You know, nice. And it's given me my my career, my kids, and the pleasure of being with you people right here right now phenomenal yeah well it's always an honor to have you here appreciate that what are you most excited what are you most excited for being here i don't know i want to know about your uh, way of thinking sure especially the copper no the copper <laughs> <laughs> we're all excited to have a copper. no yeah i mean you know with you know with these uh circumstances nowadays you know and how cops are getting it real hard It'd be nice to hear it, you know, first Bring the lube. You know? <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal. Well, thanks for having us, or thanks for being here with us. And continue down the line. Who's next? Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm Romando. Uh, I'm a firefighter as well. Uh, former PD. And uh, I made the switch to the better side. Sorry. <laughs> nah, they're both good. Oh. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, I just... Thank you for letting me be here with you guys. Uh, I know Alex, we went to the academy together, and Vince, we also went to the academy together. Just met you, Steve, but you seem like a cool guy. <laughs> I'm trying, thank you. <laughs> I feel sorry for you right now. <laughs> I just feel bad for all the how they're treating you guys. That's it. Um, I was there, so I kind of know, you know. But uh, yeah, man, it's good, and uh, I got I'm married and I got kids too, you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah, just uh, looking forward to this podcast and having a little conversation, cigar, you know. Okay. Well, let's start with you. What's your stance on training? You should start with me. Okay. Yeah, uh, you're the last one on the line. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, well, what do you want to know? Um, what does training mean to you? Well, obviously, you got to learn the job, right? Depending on where, where you start, either PD or fire, or even if you're in the military, you got to learn the job. So just uh, I just feel like training is a big aspect uh, that you have to go through in the beginning. And I, I always feel that it's good to continue it even afterwards. Um, with our type of career and job, I feel like if you get too, like I remember this word from the academy, lackadaisical or <laughs> lax, you know, then you end up forgetting things. And that's true. You do end up forgetting things, man. Like, uh, I mean, for example, if you never did traffic stops as a cop and you don't do them all the time, well, guess what? You're going to be uh, a little bit more shaky and stuff if you do one for the first time after, like, let's just say for a month or something. Right. Because you know? you're running down the line of that script, you know. Um for the fire department, I feel like if you're not uh, training constantly and you don't uh, get too many fires, uh, you you will end up forgetting what to do. You know, and that's a big thing. You can't forget what to do. <laughs> you know, someone needs you to send them water. Someone needs you to get out there and do the thing. You know, so and uh, never been in the military, but I'm sure it's the same for you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, I think uh, training is something that 
is well needed all the time and uh, should not be something that you go astray from even when you get older. Definitely something you should be doing all the time. <laughs> and that's my cue to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, telling the background, it's uh, I was opening up the website for the um, bottle that we have cracked open. and um, What did that sound remind you guys of now that we've formally introduce yourself to uh, charge. that <laughs> bottle. Yeah, charge, right? Randy, did you hear that sound? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. <laughs> oh, don't tell me I lost Randy again. Randy. Oh, of course. Ah, Gosh. Yeah, just Fucking paramedics. <laughs> We're about to do a check the well-being. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. He's got a cat in the house. He'll take care of him. <laughs> Cats are evil, I thought. Right. The cat planned it. We'll hold the uh, the sound for later, but that is the, uh, the opening um, sound nail, I guess, of the uh, website of uh, Hotel Tango. So, but going back. So, Randy and I, uh, we've known each other for quite a few years. Um, went to the original paramedic course together in Michigan. And I think our aspirations long-term was to do something educational, do something uh, inspirational, and also just bring the culture together. You know, when's the last time any of you could say that you sat in the same room with a cop and just able to smoke a cigar and share stories? Or another firefighter without having that stigma of... I'm better than you, or I, I'm more trained than you. Or First time. It's been a while. Yeah. When did right? you come to my house, Vince? <laughs> when did I come? <laughs> Last week. <laughs> I think that's the, uh, the stigma we're trying to break, is that, yeah, we all wear different uniforms at some point. We all come from different backgrounds and have different uh, cultures. Maybe we're all from different countries originally, um, but now we serve in the same community in one form or another, and same purpose. So we want to break that stigma. We want to gather that uh, that team and family atmosphere. One um, team, one fight. There you go. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's our that's our goal. So I will uh, I will let Randy pick some uh, conversational topics if he's got anything in mind. Um, if not, I will roll with it. I don't want to do all the talking. So. Just informational, I guess. If there's any point that you remember, this is the art of conversation. That's kind of our slogan. Um, having a bourbon. If there's anything that you want to talk about, pitch it out. You know, you have any questions for us, or you want to spark some table talk, put it out. You know, so just because one person talking to Mike doesn't mean you can't be like, oh, let me pitch in that real quick. So, well, thanks for uh, everybody being here. Um, I'm glad I could join you virtually. Uh, it's interesting that we could fi- all find the same time to be at the same place and talk about the same stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, it's a uh, good job, Vince, getting everybody together over there, uh, especially from all walks of the um, service industry here. Um, the uh, sounds like you guys got a good uh, good group going on over there. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're all right. They just come over to drink my booze. The only ones that picked up. They're right. <laughs> yep. They don't know it's on the table. Yeah. Anyone hey. else? Anytime. Um, anytime. 
Yeah, no, I would, uh, the, your, was it Alex, who's the police officer? Is that, was that his name? No, Steven. Steven's Steven. a police officer, and then Alex and, uh, the other Mexican. <laughs> or I masquerade as one really well. Yeah, right. Um, but that's Steven, yep. I just, uh, appreciate you, sir. Uh, I'm sure you get this all the time, and sometimes never, but, uh, yeah. like, that's, that's a rough job. Uh, we appreciate you guys, you know, from the fire EMS side. Yep. Uh, and all the crap that you guys are taking, um, it's a uh, it's a rough job. It's a rough time to, to do your job, and uh, um, just you know, do you have any like anything to tell us? Any like trade secrets on how you <laughs> how you guys like survive on a daily basis? Yeah. Like, um, man, if I couldn't take a nap in my truck every day, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> well, that's, you guys got to be, be on. One. You guys got to be on high alert all the time. I just couldn't imagine trying to be on your toes all the time, every single call like that. Yeah, I mean, it, you make it work for you. Um, and first of all, let me backtrack real quick. I, uh, you know, I appreciate everyone here in this room because there's days when cops need paramedics and firefighters too, um, or, or EMTs. You know, I'm, I'm a little foggy on the difference between EMT and paramedic, but I appreciate all of you and uh, the service the service members. You know, especially you know Vince and Alex. You know, hindsight, 2020. You like that play on uh, words yeah, there, yeah. names. Uh, I really wish I had actually served myself. And I know it's not too late, but just like as time goes on, you know, logistically, the parents are getting older. I got dogs now from my, you know, previous marriage, you know. Well, you were serving, man. You're Thank definitely you. definitely serving, yeah. you know. Yeah, in another form. Yeah, I know. But it's like just, you know. I know what you mean. I'm with you. If you if you put your life on the line, you know, in a wartime setting or like in even like a like a military uh, capacity, literally like you know you're laying your life down on line for the country, not necessarily on your home soil, but like you know abroad. Like no one can tell you differently. Like you are a true, you know, American hero, and uh, I really appreciate that from you guys. Um, a second there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, talking to the mic the second. Yeah, <laughs> I, I second that. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, in let back to like we're saying, you know, there's days when cops need everyone else too. Like you know, we we've been getting not just stuff, you know, crap uh, in the media or publicly, but like literally, like people have been shooting at cops more and more this year, uh, especially with like the carjackings and even like that retired firefighter from the south side, you know. Yeah. You know, may you rest in peace. But uh, you know, everyone, and even back to the riots l- last summer over um, the stuff that happened in Minneapolis. You know, people were taking on uh, attacking fire trucks downtown in Chicago. You know, that's totally unacceptable. So mm-hmm. we're we're all in it together, literally. So yeah. Unfortunately, I think you wear a uniform that's going to be uh, targeted. You know, from society because of current events. And one of my questions for you, I guess, I know you, you said you had three years in, but mm-hmm. how would you say from out the door in the academy, now you're patrolling, and all of a sudden it's like the stigma behind, it's not always been great, but it's gotten progressively worse, I think, in the last two years alone. You know, how, how is it that uh, you survive this? You know, how, how do you keep putting the uniform on? Because I feel like I talk to a lot of other people and they're like, 
I don't want to be a cop. Yeah. <laughs> Not right now. You know, I think I wanted to as a kid. But this is some of the stuff that you have to put up with and just the ignorance and disrespect. That's that's not the dream. Not only him, his family too. Yeah. yeah. You know, just watching all that stuff on TV and then uh, knowing that the husband or the dad is going out there. You know, it's 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 not easy, you know. I think, uh, I mean, I don't know. I've always had my convictions. I don't know if I've made it known to the world or like even my closest associates, but I've always kind of, and this is why I tell everyone like over the years, the story hasn't changed. Like my folks let me watch, you know, stuff like <laughs> predator terminator, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, Jackie Chan movies, uh, you know, Wesley Snipes, snipe movies when he's being a good guy. Uh, thinking, or, you know, Sylvester Stallone, specifically demolition, man. That's another theme for later. Uh, Based on what I thought the Academy would be like versus what it was actually like. Um, but I've always kind of believed in that good versus evil uh, struggle. And, um, you know, I can't think of a better career than helping someone in their one of their worst times and getting paid to do that. Like, that's just awesome, you know. I, compared to my last job at a, you know, uh, mostly online uh university or higher education institute i'm just sitting there at a desk like you know evaluating transcripts from other institutions for how much transfer credit i can reward them wasn't really doing much like to help improve society i feel like you know whereas like being a police officer you know i always like this is the at least the scenario i tell myself in my head is like you know maybe helping that little kid one day you know down the road like they'll become the scientist or a doctor that saves tons of other lives, you know? So I know I'm not good at math. Like my dad, uh, he's a professor at a local university. Uh, so <laughs> I tell people that and they're like, why did you come police officer? Like you had it made. I was like, what, what the fuck happened to you? And I'm like, yeah, I can't do math that well. So there you go. <laughs> um, but if I can save someone that can actually do math or other science, you know, then, to me, that's mission accomplished. Well, what am I saying? Like, it might be like the cliche to say this, but it's like it's a calling, right? You felt like you needed I mean, for everything, not so much just police, but fire, military. It's like, hey, you want to help out people, you know? How can yeah. you help out people? Definitely. Um, I mean, that applies to, well, I got to think about this four of us <laughs> on the, the other line. Randy's kind of a little. Uh, ephemeral spirit going on right now yeah, right. He's, he's a ghost he's right here in this empty yeah <laughs> but um i mean shoot my dad's had uh his share of like medical episodes just like you know living life and stuff like that and you know guess who answered those calls the paramedic you know fire department and all that so you know you guys are definitely appreciate like he's had some close calls and you know if it weren't for you guys you know or your colleagues you know he might not be here today so i definitely appreciate you all well i appreciate the fact that you just responded to your call and you know you didn't fall into the uh, pressure of like oh your father is so-and-so you know like the same thing my, my father retires uh, as a doctor you know so i was like man it's a lot of shoes to fill big shoes to fill yeah i can't be a doctor that's not my thing but you know what to say about big shoes uh well you wear big socks <laughs> <laughs> yes but just uh the go with your goal you know I think a lot of people don't do that anymore, unfortunately. I think your service or your uh, specific job, that is a 
And my fear is that if society keeps going the way it's going, we're not going to have future cops. We're not going to have future enforcement. That's going to be uh, interesting to see how that plays out for sure. Yeah, right. That's when the military comes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then are, are we still going to be the United States of America or are we going to be... Uh, America. What's, uh, what's that other country where they don't, they don't play around? Where, yeah, the... Uh, yes, yes. Where the military Israel. and the police are the same. Israel. <laughs> Israel doesn't fuck around. No, they don't. No. <clears throat> Not at all. Not at all. So... But uh, I don't know if you guys were, you know, our most recent episode or series is how we're doing it. Every series is about four episodes where we aim for. One is kind of going over current events. Second is going over educational or scenario. Third, we're doing a briefing like we're doing here. And then fourth, we do a spotlight for whatever spirit is uh, promoting us. So the series that we are recording here with all of you is going over um, leadership traits, some of the little the toxic leadership um, and the importance of training. And I think a big, uh, and Randy, you could fill in on some of this stuff too, is I think the big highlight of what we discussed on our most recent episode is the saltiness that we find on the job. You know, what is it, uh, what is it that makes somebody salty? And is that an entitlement? You know, and how do, you know, how does someone use that saltiness as an excuse versus a opportunity? You know, can you be salty and be like, I've been through things, so let me teach you the way? Or is it salty like, oh, that's my chair and that's my bed. Get off it. Go make me some coffee. (laughs) You haven't been in life. You know, you haven't been here. Um, How would you individually reflect upon that? Do you have an old salty individual in your department or organization (laughs) that's like, and you already start thinking about it like, oh, man. (laughs) And you're like, why is he that way? You know, and how do you... How do you battle it, so to speak? Have a couple. They have a couple. Def- definitely a Tell couple. Tell me about them. Uh, it's just I know how you how you're bringing up the importance of training. Okay. For me, it's very important as well because I'm just new to the job. I'm trying to get you know you know that muscle memory that we all need for when we are actually in action. You know to do our duty. Sure. You know, and there's these certain individuals that they're like, oh, I know how it is. You know, I know how it's done. I, I don't need to do that. You know, do I, you I, know? I, I've been here. Do you know how it exactly. is? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Ah. And uh, there's just like no way to get to them uh, for them to like uh, accept that they're rusty. You mm-hmm. know, and that's the worst part, I think, in this job. When, when, you, don't, when you don't accept that you're rusty... And you go out there and you, you're supposed to, you know, do your thing. Yo, let me stop you here for a second. You just blew my mind. Because what makes rust? Especially in the city. Like, what makes our cars rusty? Salty. Salt. <laughs> it is a road salt. Exactly. You know what I mean? You just blew my mind. It is salt that makes rust. I meant it. Yeah, well, That's I don't where know. I was going. Dude, I, I, I'm rather impressed. <laughs> And, uh, and 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 that's the thing, you know. Like you 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 get out there, and then just as an example, at least for me, you know, it's you need to go do a hydrant that day. People that have been on the job for like eight years that decide not to practice or or you know or or you know do the, the drills that you're supposed to do. They don't know how you know where to turn the wrench. 
you know, to open the hydrant. Like, so it's, it's... Let me play devil's then, advocate here. Do you think it's out of fear that, like, all the focus goes on to our probies and uh, candidates and we push all the attention and all the training on them to succeed? And it's fear because, like, maybe they haven't portrayed that skill in a while and they haven't had to. So they don't want to be put in a spot of, like, failure? Or is it truly complacency and negligence and laziness? I think it's complacency. Definitely. It's not out of fear. You know? I think it's complacency. And, and also, I mean, it's hard hard to say this, but I found out, and I know you guys seen it too, people are just there, you know, to get that paycheck. Mm. You know? First and the 16th. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's still that, that for us. Yeah, no, we, we switched over. I've seen that in this. I've seen that in my old apartment. There's a couple of people that, what are you doing here? I feel like, what are you doing here? My old apartment, I used to work on uh, PD, and they were there for the paycheck. They weren't there to help. They didn't want to do anything, you know. Uh, I'll go real quick on the story, but I had, a, I had one guy who was training me back in the day, uh, he was all about like he didn't want to he didn't want to do like just the uh, the general police tactics of like pulling people over and stuff. But I was like, dude, I, I'm learning. <laughs> I need to learn that stuff, you know? Cause ah, you won't need that. And I was just like, so now I'm going about three weeks without doing that. Then I get uh I get uh connected with another another trainer, and that guy was really into it, you know. So I picked up not fairly quick because I wasn't doing it for like three weeks. And then three weeks come by with this guy, and I'm like almost a pro, you know. <laughs> But then that was, that's what I was saying. Like, if you don't practice it, it goes away, you know. But then there's people, like you said, they're complacent. Like, ah, you know, because he was already, he was about to retire soon. So he's kind of like, ah, you know. Still uh, on the job, though. Yeah. You know, he's you still on the job, but he, yeah, what, what do you call it? Uh, retired on duty. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's what some of ROD, retired on duty. He's like, yeah, I'm done, man. I'm done. I've done my time. And I said, bro, well, then don't be a trainer. Let someone else who's willing to teach others be a trainer, you know, be an FTO, you know. But yeah, I guess he was complacent, man. He didn't want to do anything anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, great, thanks. <laughs> mm. That's tough yeah. to, to be forced into that position where you're yeah. following a trainer that you're supposed to look up to and they're not really leading the way for you. So, I got lucky with that regard. Did um, progressively, each of my three training officers were more difficult. Um, but I, you know, no regrets with either of them. Um, I learned a lot. Definitely more stuff that stuck with me than from the academy. Like what? Uh, just you know, kind of learning that really just how to kind of cut through all the the fluff, the extra stuff. Like you know, doesn't you you can get to a person with gun call, but you found out quickly working on the west side that you know. Literally nine out of ten of them are BS. That a lot of people say there's a person with a gun on scene just to get you there quicker. And then you got to realize, you know, whether you see footage from other accidents or you know you have your own close calls, clearing intersections, for example, um, that you can only help out if you get there safely. And that applies to like a ten one, a police emergency, also. Because um, you know if you get into an accident on the way there and heaven forbid you're injured yourself, you know, then you're a liability and you're pulling resources away from the actual event to yeah. help yourself out. 
Um, and just like kind of learning that balancing test. Like, for example, the one of the things that really stuck with me, and I, I've been lucky because I haven't really spent a ton of time on days where you have to worry about more like school children walking around and stuff. Like, yeah. my last FTO traffic was, uh, yeah, traffic's real fun here. Um, <laughs> but he really painted that out to me um, that, like, you know, you don't want to be blazing down a street where there's a school and you have kids getting on the bus and all that, you know, let the, let the guy go. You don't, or gal, whoever the offender, um, chances are we will run into them another day, but it's not, you know, definitely not worth having that conscious on your conscience or having to deal with the legal ramifications of like getting into an accident in front of a school, for example. Um, yeah. I hate to put you on the spot for, for a second. Because we, we, like I'm I said, here. this you're you're going to be the first uh, law enforcement officer that is going to have a voice on our podcast. Um, I feel honored. Yeah, right. Hey, Randy, do you want to you want to loop back into that a uh, little bit of a conversation we had about the Florida school shooting and that uh, the first police officer that showed up? Oh yeah, for sure. And I want uh, Stephen. I want you to hear this. I don't know if you know the whole story, but I want you to hear this, and I kind of want to put I want you to put yourself in this position. Yeah. And I want you to either a Tell me, or not either, but both. A, tell me what you would do. And then B, give us an explanation of why you think it went the way it went. And what's really tragic about this is when you say that Florida school is like, which one? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's the, the lifestyle we're in today. Yeah. So I'm 99% sure it was the Parkland one back in 2000. 18 or 17 were killed in the mass shooting. <clears throat> so uh, at this conference that we try to go to every year here in Detroit, um, it's the um, they have bring in police officers and, and anybody who's interested in that's uh, you know active uh, military EMS fire, um, and they break down these these scenarios. They break down these these calls. Well, they actually had the investigators, they had uh, detectives, they had uh, officers that were resp- responded to this actually present. The uh, and break down the whole call. Um, one of the biggest things that I took away from this call, uh, from this um, breakdown, was the video cam, the chest cam of the first arriving officer on scene. Uh, you know, they um, showed him getting out of his car, going to his, his trunk, and getting his um, vest on. I guess down in Florida, they don't require them to wear their vests at all times. Huh. Um, so he, it was showed, showing him taking his cam off, putting his vest on, putting his cam back on. And then, um, other than other, you know, um, officers arrived on scene. Um, and they really, the, the guys there, and then a lot of people around me, absolutely berated this officer for wasting time worrying about his vest and not getting in there and neutralizing the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, I'm not a police officer, nor do I pretend to be. Um, I'm just an ambulance driver. But I found that to be very interesting to where these guys gave him all sorts of shit for it. Um, that he needed to grab whatever other weapon he needed, and he needed to go in there to take care of this issue. That if he decided to not wear his vest... That's on him, but he, you know, how how many more kids could have died because 
he decided to take an extra two minutes-ish to put his vest on. Um, you know, I don't wear a vest. Um, maybe it's something I should wear. Uh, but I, and in Florida, I, I get it. It's hotter than hell down there. Um, but I always like to ask, uh, and I'm glad Vince brought this up, um, you know, what's, what your thoughts are on that. Um, and I, I find the I probably couldn't find the actual footage of it, but um, the uh, I mean I don't blame him for wanting to put a vest on. I don't. Right. Um, you know you you got to go home at the end of the day. You got a family to take care of too and everything else. But um, we also have to you know we have a duty in all branches to take care of the general public. So, um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, out of respect for the officer, because I mean. I haven't been in an active shooter situation yet, so I don't want to Monday night quarterback it or armchair quarterback, whatever the term is, uh, this too much. But just from like a, you know, you mentioned going home and like his own family, like you're a police officer in, you know, 20, the 2010s, 2020s. You want to, I, I, I would not want to be caught dead without my vest on outside of the station when I'm on duty. Um, from a you know personal safety issue um so yeah i mean going if i was in that position i would probably i would definitely have my vest on already like moment you leave the station leave roll call um per our training and it might have been updated because i went through the academy in 2018 uh i don't know what florida's um i guess they're uh recommended way of handling things are but you know we were training you at least wait for one other officer and then you go in because you want to be able to cover your backside also and uh do that i think it's like that hammerhead formation um to him yeah yeah no and that's that's great we actually had a discussion on one of our last podcasts about two and two out um and i i mean it makes sense for me, and just being a you know a civilian, I'm not um, um, you know I, from an outside perspective like you just what you see on cops and what you see on the movies like you guys are talking about growing up watching like they seem like they always go into your with with somebody else and that makes sense tactically to have someone there to watch your back, but also those kids don't have someone to watch their back. So yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that that's definitely like a another consideration because i mean the ideal situation and ideally it's not just yourself or one other officer ideally you have like a SWAT half the district showing up yeah a SWAT <laughs> team but uh you know i think a lot of the big issues i think uh columbine really uh demonstrated that that you know SWAT team response times need to be quick um as well as like setting up your staging area and all that. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, if you're a sworn police officer, you're a sworn police officer, or even if you're a parent, you know, you got to go in there and save your kid or, you know, save your, the kids of your community. So it, it's on you if you want to wait for more resources or if you want to go in um, yourself. I mean, it's, it's really hard to fault people on any of that. Uh, in my opinion. It's a tough spot for sure. Uh, and that's why yeah. I'm really glad that Vince brought that up. I didn't even think about it. Uh, is I was just kind of shocked. Cause, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess 
you'd want to w- wait for people to come in, but I mean, you also got a job to go knock some doors down too. Um, for sure. I mean, also yeah, like tough spot. And also, like it, there, there is also something to be said for not waiting because, I mean, you want to put your yourself in the shoes of a active shooter uh, and think about what they're going, what they're thinking, their thought process is, and uh, you know, the more time you give them, the more damage, more death they can, you know, incur on the community. Um, you definitely want like time is of the essence, obviously. Um, so giving them less time to set up their own response to whatever first responder response there is, you know, definitely Absolutely. would not be in your favor. Um, My understanding, Vince, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe uh, the shooter was actually set up like in a stairwell, and he was trying, he was attempting to, to make a hole through the glass so that he could shoot um, incoming people. Um, so with the, to they backtrack. Had hurricane, hurricane glass on, and he wasn't able to actually yes. get through the glass. Yep, so I'm, I'm, I'm impressed you remember that. Um, was, that so really, to backtrack that, on sh- this this thing, me. Randy and I go to a, uh, a conference. Um, it, it didn't happen last year. It's happening in this coming October. October but it's yeah. the, uh, active, yeah, the Active Assailant. Or North, North American, American Active Assailant. Yep. Um, Sign me up. It is, it is, it is phenomenal. It is, it, it, to me, it should be a must. You know, not only for law, but also for fire, EMS, everybody. Because we're all going to be responding to a situation like this. Yep. And they bring in actual victims and actual law depart- you know, departments that come in. And they talk about, like, this is what happened. A lot of it is confidential. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff is not going to be released. Um, so there are some rules to be said about it. But you hear it firsthand from the officers that were on scene, from the medics, from the EMTs, the fire, and then from the victims. And uh, they did go over some of the, the stuff that happened that day and some of the stuff that's not quite released. And, yeah, Randy, I think you said, or you're, you're right, it, it started in one, I think, second or third floor. He made it to a stairwell, um, was trying to and get through a f- window, but it was third hurricane. floor, window. yep. Um, that's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough conversation because it's, I think it just happened again to, today. You know, I think if when I was roaming on, uh, on on social media, there's there was another school shooting somewhere, and I, I, unfortunately, I don't remember exactly where it was at. Um, but this is this is the era of our response, you know. So going off that conversation to you, Stephen, um, what is your first line of defense? Like, what is your greatest asset? If you could pick one thing. Just, just one thing. What is your grace, greatest tool? The radio. The radio. Why? Because uh, you can't outrun Motorola. That's what <laughs> the saying I was taught. Um, Communication. Exactly. Um, Communication to what? Just to your, your colleagues, your resources, dispatch. Uh, I mean, that's going back to the, the ageless saying of knowledge is power. So... If you can relay what you're observing, um, whether it's audibly, visually, um, and relay that information to your your team. Directions. That, yeah, that is clutch. Sure. Um, even if it's like something as innocuous as a car taking off on you, a foot chase, um, or 
an active shooter situation. You know, knowledge is power, and definitely like the radio is a must. Um, and that's you know that goes down to like staging resources, uh, or just even like a quick like you know, hey, I saw a flash from the window. Like he's got a gun or a scope, or he's taking shots at us. Yep. You know, don't approach from the east, for example. Uh, that's where he's shooting at. So definitely the radio. Description of how he looks. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. If you're lucky enough to yeah. get a get yeah. eyes on him, or them. <laughs> Alex, what does the radio mean to you? Life or death. <laughs> Explain it. For sure. Um, obviously, we we don't have, or at least I don't have that much time in the department, but uh, just like simple things that a fire of uh letting you know your command know where you're at or what you're looking at you know that makes a huge difference you know and without communication you know without attention to detail you know you're you're dead sure it's as simple as that you know that communication also goes like you know to the fire department too yeah <laughs> you definitely <laughs> Want to, we want to keep you guys safe also. Um, and, he, I mean, they, they tell us stuff all the time, too. So it's it's really, like, this is, like, really cementing that uh, whole uh, thin line community. Yeah. Sure. Think about our radio and our fire department, right? Uh, <clears throat> what if we get stuck in a building? Where are you at? Where are you going? Uh, who's with you, you know? Where are you under? Did something fall on you? Right. Okay, so what side? A, B, C, D, whatever, et cetera. You know, you got to relay that to your your officer, your other firefighters, and so you can go take care of them, protect them, or, uh, sorry, uh, recover them, you know, mm-hmm. because that's a big thing. Yeah, radio's life, man. So would you, the three of you right here, agree that radio is your biggest tool? Oh, yeah. Okay. Randy, what's your, uh, what's your greatest asset? Yeah, you guys all talk about radios. <laughs> Shoot. With that, all that radio means to me is more fucking work. Yeah. And uh, um, coming from no. a dispatcher stance, right? You've got that history in dispatch. Yeah, no, I uh, I tried to watch out for my guys. That's for, Guys and gals, that's for sure. Uh, the um, no, radio guys, that's just a holdover, man. I'm just getting held over. That's what that means. No, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's your lifeblood, man. It's your lifeblood, guys. It's uh, um, give uh, dispatchers a lot of shit for being dispatchers, but you know they're just doing their job, and uh, that's a hard job. Like I just EMS dispatching, but that's that was stressful, man. I used to have hair. Not all of you can see me, but I used to have like some good hair. <laughs> I still see. Oh, like they it see now. you. I put, I put the uh, camera bit. back for you. The radio did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was the headset yeah. that was on top of that hair. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Randy I and I forth. have yeah. uh, we have radio uh, faces. You have a radio well, voice, but oh, I'm working yeah, on it. Honestly, like uh, it radio, yeah, it's it's vital for us. I don't know how this is gonna sound, but for me, my biggest tool is my body, and this is going back to training. You know, if you don't take care of your body, if you don't take care of that training. You know, that radio is worth worthless. The the axe, the uh, 
the pistola. The pistola. <laughs> you These <know>. hands. <laughs> These exactly. <laughs> no. I, I'm I'm just you know, I think it's just going back to the whole training topic. It's, sure. Is vital. You know, yeah. our body. 100%. You know, be fit for it. You know, not necessarily be thin like, like uh, nah, this guy no, over no, no, here. No. What is uh stud? stud. <laughs> what is uh what's my thing at the unit? What do I try to what do I try to do? That man. Mustaches. Mustaches. <laughs> Besides the mustache, please. <laughs> that shit's scary. <laughs> no, but uh yeah, for sure. I mean it's uh staying fit, you know. It's, it's a life of the Buddha. Yeah. You gotta take care of your your temple. Yeah. You know, because you're only as good as your yourself. Your tools aren't gonna do anything without you. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you gotta be able to maintain it. My, uh, if anybody wants to ask me what my thoughts are on this. Ah, it's okay. Let's move on to the next <laughs> Backtrack to the take care of the temple, though. Because you, you asked earlier, how do you, you know, cope with the job and all the stressors associated with that will follow you outside job? And I was thinking about saying earlier, I didn't get to it. Definitely, uh, what I love doing is hitting up the gym after work. And sometimes that doesn't work out if, you know, I get a late job, a late, you know. Have to do a later like and I mean have to do a later rest like a domestic battery, where it's like very cut and dry like, you know, it's very clear who the victim is, who the aggressor is. Sure. Um, but on days that doesn't happen, I get to go home on time. You know, I I look at it as going to the gym. Hundred percent. Uh, I feel like instantly better. You know, not to toot my own horn, but you know, throwing around some heavy iron and uh, immediately afterwards I just feel relaxed and like actually like worn out like it you know well fitness is uh it's a release for endorphins yeah you know and that's science so you are going to feel better if you really put the grind in you're going to get it definitely um but my my response to all this is uh yeah radio is great yeah and a sharpened axe is great yeah your uniform is <laughs> great right um i'm gonna throw you with a dodgeball or the curveball here training ground yeah you know, I think uh, none of that is going to matter if you don't have a good training ground. We walked right into that one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it is the conversation of our show today. But it is absolutely the training ground. You know, and this could, that is, to me, that is the answer for all our failures. Right? The officer not having his gear on him and then delaying time. Or the the amount of times, and the other two firemen here, the amount of times that we've seen situations where people not dressing up all the way. Yep. Complacency. Yep. They're like, oh, this is just going to be a fire alarm. It's going to be nothing. So I don't need to put all the gear on. And then you open the door and whoosh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Complacency. Sounds like a scene out of Backdraft. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. But it, it, is, it is a training ground. And I think it should be mandated continuously. I mean, people should be sweating every day yeah. training. And one respect and shout out that I have from uh, an old department I worked for is that we had in our contract that you had to be in the gym for at least an hour during your shift. I would wow. love that. That's awesome. It mandated. You know, yeah, there, there were days where we couldn't because we were busy. But if you had time, you put in that hour. It, it was written in our contract. And then every every uh, year they had someone come in, um, a trainer. He'd do a body analysis on you, see where your fitness level's at. And if you maintain and sustain, you know, you got benefits back. You got a stipend. You got something. Something to encourage you to be like, do better. You know, do something. Do <laughs> you <know>? something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's do something. If we don't, we don't enforce that, you know, amongst ourselves, and it's not just the leadership. It's not just admin. 
it's not just the people who wear the the top brass. Yeah, it's an individual. Thing. It's individual. Yeah. yeah, it is accountability. Not not only just yourself. Yeah, I can't force anybody to do anything. And you see me at the unit. I try to encourage people to do something, but I can only do so much. During COVID, I, I held up that Facebook group and I was like, I want to try to get people out there. I, I could only do so much to encourage people, right? You can't change. You truly cannot change somebody else's character. You could influence, right? But if we don't have the accountability. If I don't, and I, Alex, I see you. I see you on Facebook. I see you going to the gym, right? I see you putting that effort. You I'm taking notes of what you're doing. You know what I mean? Um, I posted my squat video the other day. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> you know, I don't think I even follow you on Instagram, but <laughs> just by the way, uh, ouch! <laughs> if you're not doing anything right now, go get some. Yeah, if you're not doing <laughs> squat, okay. Just as you're listening to this, just get, get down, some. push it, right? Push the ground. I'll, I'll air squat right now. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> I'll and watch, I think uh, I'll watch you do it. How about that? Shout out to uh, <laughs> we all know uh, Tim Panatera, whose biggest joke is like, "I'm into fitness, fitness pizza in my mouth." You know what I mean? That's just his <laughs> with the cauliflower crust, right? Is that? It's, oh yeah, it's, it's actually carb. decent. Low carb, yeah, yeah. There's always alternatives. <laughs> and Did then, you do again, that uh, chicken crust once? I'm sure I have. You know, <laughs> Luminati's my favorite pizza place. They do a crustless now. It's just a straight up sausage patty and then a pizza on top of it. I bet you mm. love that sausage. It is phenomenal. But you'll feel so much better without it. But I digress. <laughs> Don't get me started with food. Don't take this pizza. You got to take me. care of the soul too. <laughs> you have to take care of the soul. It is it is the training ground inside and out from nutrition to fitness to activities to maintaining our skills, maintaining our mental health. You know that is, that is key as well. You know, how many, uh, unfortunately, how many suicides are happening on a daily basis yep. amongst our peers? You know, yeah. even one is just too many. Yep. 100%. Even even one attempt, even one thought is yeah. too many. Yeah. You know, so that's just, yeah, we get really yeah. passionate about this. But I think it takes situations where ourselves, I think everybody in this room and virtually, Randy there, um, we hold each other accountable. You know, y'all just met. But I feel like y'all could trust each other in some sense, you know? I still feel bad not fulfilling that fitness challenge from a few years ago. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> you'll, you'll be a failure in my life. <laughs> I'll make it up to you. <laughs> oh, awesome. Make it up to yourself. Yes. There we go. Oh. Wow. Mr. Buddha. That's his new nickname. <laughs> he, is, he is Mr. Buddha. So, Randy, what do you... Here, I'm going to put you on the spot, Mr. Randall Ives. Ready for this? What you got? When's the last time you and I had a deep conversation? Or good at one on one, probably this huh? this time last week, right? Yeah, when probably we were right a week ago. So here, here's <laughs> I'm gonna drop the uh, the mic on you. What did you do this week to better yourself? Hmm. Mm, he's got this face in the, in hmm. the camera right now. It's like, ooh, man, ooh, ooh. Um. Just take a puff of your what, cigar to, to pass. Him what time. would Jesus do? What would Vince do? That's what I think. <laughs> ah. WWVD, yeah. baby. There you go. What about Buddha? Now that I am over this uh, Fire Academy, mm-hmm. um, I really... Congratulations, um, by the way. Thank you very much. A uh, long-time goal there. Uh, I really want to get in shape. I really want to be able to um, not fail not only our citizens that I serve, but then I also don't want to fail the uh, other guys and gals in the department. Um and I've really, really been getting after it. We're eating cleaner, eating better, uh, getting on the bike over here, and just uh, um, having some momentum behind um, wanting to be um, a better human, but a, just better in shape. So, 
Uh, I would okay. say that's 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 been a big thing. Um, I don't know. Not having food in the house, like <laughs> ready to go, ready to snack on foods. Like it's been a, a change, huge change, where you actually have to like put something together and spend time and stuff like that. And half, I'm just like, nah, that's too much work. I'm okay. I can miss a meal. It's fine. But sure. uh, I would say that for sure. Um, I put up on uh, the Facebook page. Um, it was a couple links. One for the North American Active Assailant Conference. Uh, and it's got dates and times and all that information there. And then I put up another video of um, speech from FDIC 2009. Uh, you guys might have seen this, might have heard this or not, but I had a, a partner that I worked with a couple days ago sh- showed me this. And it was about a 12-minute, 13-minute uh, video of Lieutenant McCormick uh, from FDNY. And he gives a speech about how we need to um, change our culture kind of away from safety and, and to do our jobs, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting, kind of backwards from what some of the stuff that we've talked about of being safe, two in, two out, etc. Um, and that you got a job to do, you got to go do it. Um, so if you guys get a chance, I thought it was pretty good. No, we appreciate you doing that. That's just sharing that knowledge. So I'm going to I'm gonna pause the conversation for a second here. We're going to fast track to... A little bit of a review on Steven's eyes because he's getting ready to leave in about 25 minutes. And he's going to go take a shit for the second time in my house. <laughs> Lucky. All right. <laughs> I guess let's just start here. So let's, uh, again, we'll, we'll edit this into being the end of it, our review part portion of it. But because um, I do want to ask uh, Steven about the, uh, the taser gun situation. Right. That's Which a no. <laughs> that's a pretty and oh, yourself, man. yeah, yourself. <laughs> don't you got to speak up about it, man? You got the history in it, you know. So don't don't be shy. Um, let's start with you. No, let's just go. Let's go for that. So, and Stephen, yeah, you can hear me as you're walking back. I'm here. So the conversation I'm going to drop the knowledge or drop the the spotlight on you for a second here is a situation that happened. Uh, where did it happen again, Randy? Do you remember? Minnesota. Somewhere, yeah, Minnesota. it was Minnesota. It was somewhere in Minnesota. Yeah. Was that the where, female cop? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So oh dear. it was a traffic stop, <laughs> right? It ended up being a known warrant, right? The driver was non-cooperative. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit of a hustle to get him. He was out of the car. He got back in. It was a hustle to get him back out of the car. She yells, taser, 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 and ended up being a pistol. Yeah. And the minute the car, because he still got a chance to drive off for a second. He, it was fatal. Um, but the minute she backed off, she was like, oh, oh shit, I just yeah. shot him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our conversation on that episode was, how do we refrain? And I've seen Instagram blow up. You know, Officers posting themselves saying, how does this mistake happen to a 26-year year veteran on the job? Right. Right. Is it training? Is it complacency? Is it just... Maybe it's not as busy as the department. They don't really get to see that kind of environment. Or is it just because... Training. This is... Yep. Yeah, training. Right there. That's but here, here's my... here's my. Uh, you know what? No, go ahead. I, I'll, I'll pitch in my two cents. Go ahead. Tell me about the training. How well, no, I was just throwing that in there as a... Uh, like, well, keep, like, per our previous talking point, like, keeping up the skills. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I can say... Just real quick, and then you can, because you're there right now. You know, mm-hmm. I remember when I was there, 
Uh, I didn't start with the taser because it didn't give it to us during the academy. Mm-hmm. It was, all right, cool. But then you, you got the training afterwards. Like, uh, but it, it wouldn't. It didn't take that long for us. We were, uh, I think, it was maybe like a month in. To, all right, here's your, here's your taser because they were just progressing to get them. Right. So, so when you say training, is it like a one-time training thing, so or it, is it something that it's recurring every month or every year? Good or point. What? So this, so this, this, uh, this trainer in in my department is actually really good, and the reason I say that is because he started he started with the with the taser. So I think he took over for somebody else because they were just starting. And so he trained you like it was it was a uh, it was a good training. I think if I remember correctly, maybe it was about a day or two, a two day training maybe. And then you rode the lightning if you wanted to. You know what I'm saying? They tased you. <laughs> that was fun. Um, but no, it was. Uh, here's the thing for new guys. Here's your taser. Now you're learning. You know he's telling you how to use it, how to hold it. You know what to do with it. And he progressively did better and better with his training. Till this day, I know that he is now. I think he asked his department, like, "Hey, we need more training for these guys." This is before th- that incident sure. happened. He 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 got he went and got red man suits and had like fake the taser yeah. practice ones. So I know that he stepped up really, really, and he wanted guys to. Uh, he got taser X certified. Like he actually drove or flew out. I think it was Florida and got taser X certified. Like whatever that was. So in your experience, is there a regulation about what side and see if you can pitch into? Is there so a regulation on what side you carry? So it's supposed to be on your weekend side. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's supposed to be on your weekend side. Why? That's one thing because then you won't, you know, you you come out right hand or let's say I'm right handed, right? I'm always coming from my right hand. I know that that's where my firearm is. I'm going left hand. I know what I'm going for. What he did too is that he wanted him to be yellow, so you could always yep. see like okay. And what did what my department allowed me at the time was I could have it right here in the front of my chest. So when I'm standing here and talking to somebody. My hands would be in my position, like, yep. like you know, like the almost praying. Stance. Yeah, and then you know you're holding on to it. So if it was time to go, I would just pop it out quick. You know, that was that was allowed in my department. I don't think it's allowed in your department, right? Yeah, we can't have use of force options on our vest. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they all have to be on the the waistline. Yeah. So I mean, it just depends on the department, but that also goes back to training. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to do anything here, but like just saying, she could have been 26 years on the job, but how long did she have that taser for? Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Did she just get it like last month or a year? And now, and, and how was her training? Did she train with it often mm-hmm. or not? Our our instructor uh, at the time, he wanted us to practice. You know, he would always kind of. I think it was a, a every three months he wanted. To, he we had a class because he was trying to go through everybody as, as fast as he could. You know, he was one guy, and then he started recruiting more instructors and training them and doing everything he should. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, and and it was like, how do you test it? What should you test it? And those have cameras and. I mean, it was good. You know, I know that it was good. And he, he always said, okay, I have it here. The way he had it, he showed this is how I have it. This is how I carry it. You know, it's also like this is where it is. You know, right. don't get it confused. So. so tell me a little more in depth. What is it do you guys do or have trained? Ooh, somebody's alarm. Oh, that's a party foul. You owe us all shots. <laughs> um, I'm good for it. <laughs> Tequila. <laughs> Tequila. Um, what is what is it that y'all are, are do or also enforced to do by your department and leadership? that prevents the mistake or is there anything is it muscle memory is it drills 0800 drills kind of thing is it something where you practice the motions every day are you mm-hmm. forced to do that what is that you could say or maybe you're looking at me to kind of blare kind of encouraged yeah. so What's that? he would encourage us to practice take the take he the battery them. out take out the battery yeah. and take out the uh the taser cartridges so <laughs> so practice. i'm talking about like in the sense <laughs> of like i know i'm going to draw my taser or yeah. i'm going to draw my my pistol like, what is it that you guys have done or seen in a department do where they enforce, like, that muscle memory 
So there is no mistake like what happened in Minnesota. So we, and this is going to draw back to one of my main points I always think about in, when I get in my frequent debates with people, um, that you know a lot of people, especially the old-timers, the salty ones, <laughs> the rusty ones, uh, they're always bitching and moaning about how this is the worst time to be a police officer. But my little optimistic self, which you know I've always been optimistic, oh, yeah. even back to nursery school oh yeah the playground uh what was a good playground scammons pebbles all of them pebbles yeah yeah that's a that's a callback right there oh shit um my optimistic self is like this quite possibly is the best time to be a police officer from a training standpoint and just like an overall cultural awareness standpoint all of it um because since day one and i went through the academy i started in february 2018 bounced out at uh literally like september 1st was the first possible day on the street so luckily i was rdo so i was able to go to my friend's wedding um and uh so i've always had a taser since day one as well as a body camera and i you know there are certain instances where if you're like detailed to unit like i was for bike training well not bike training but when i was actually on the bike unit for uh 10 days two summers ago um like because your body camera stays in the district where you're you're assigned um and i think that's something that should definitely be addressed uh because it would have saved me a headache because i got spat on for example at uh the pride parade Mm. and this is like towards like the end like you know the parade was well over Um, i remember that text message you sent me oh yeah (laughs) i've showed you the picture from when uh, i remember I got battered and like had blood wiped on my shirt, like yep. you know, um, motherfucking hero. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me light your cigar for you, huh? Hold yeah, let, let me hold your cigar for you. <laughs> all, all the jokes from that were when I got back to the district were hilarious, but uh, and none that I can say on this podcast. But um, yeah, since day one had a taser and uh, a body camera, and like you know, unfortunately, we only we only certify with the the uh taser once a year like we do with our firearms but if i had it in the you know i'm always thinking about this like i should really be training more i should bring my duty weapon and rig home and practice like you know i know going to the range is expensive Um, especially now (laughs) yeah Um, ammo prices though right um but to me i think the best practice i always had was like for example with the firearm training just dry firing on my own at home, you know, in a safe direction, making sure the gun is clear, um, and going from there and just practicing like unholstering, reholstering. Um, and I, I, you know, we're allowed to do like a spark test of our taser within the first hour of, uh, our tour of duty. Um, that helps with the muscle memory. Yeah. Where to put your finger, right? Like yeah. Where to click. Cause I don't know what, Again, this is this three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> or two years ago. Sorry, we're supposed to have new tasers already, but that hasn't happened. Um, <laughs> but again, like yeah, I I totally agree with everything being said here. Like, and if I had the, if I was in a position of power to make such decisions, I would be like, hey, you know, while we're running to get our coffee before dispatch starts, you know, <laughs> banging us like crazy, take go into a training room, clear your weapon. Uh, 
do those reps. So at the end of the day, it falls on to you. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not like, like the department is like, all right, guys, we're going to set this day. Everybody's going to do taser training mm -hmm. or, or whatever, you know? And back to what Vince just said, where in that fire contract, you know, you you put in an hour a day at least on your fitness training. Yeah. Same thing with uh, the on-the-job skills, like whether it's traffic stops, like Armando mentioned earlier, um, drawing out your taser. Also, we avoid that mistake by, well, again, what Armando said was spot on, you know, having it on your off side or your, your non-firearm side. That is clutch. Because, um, unfortunately, the incident in Minnesota, that's not the first time that's happened. Oh. Yeah. I believe uh, it was a few years ago, but an, another officer made that same mistake. He, yeah. you know, meant to use his taser, use his firearm instead. So training, muscle memory, exposure, how long have they had the tasers? I also say scenario-based training. Yes. Scenario-based. I was just about to touch on that. Cause, yeah. uh, when I left, I think they were starting that. Yeah. And I think from what I found out, that instructor's still trying to do that even more exactly. now. Because he got the red man, too. So he's like... <laughs> I like that. Because, I mean, you're I like training that. on your own, like in your own sterile environment, in your basement, your garage. Exactly. That's not going to top, you know, being yeah. under... <laughs> The gun, so to speak, um, you, random, you know, training situations popping up. You said scenario, and I, I or scenario, however you say it, I say scenario, but scenario, scenario, <laughs> scenario, scenario, scenario. It's the same thing. Tomatoes, potatoes, carrots. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, there was a. Uh, I think you and I had talked about it, but didn't you hear about a course where they talked about like um, de-escalation courses? Like, where is that in our training? Like, there's ways to de-escalate situations verbally. Mm -hmm. The amount of times, even I... Verbal judo. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that. The, the amount of times you could completely change a situation just by how you present yourself and your words. You know? Yep. And it's just... I don't know. We go back in the training, like, you never want to tell a psych patient that, yes, you're right, I do see those elephants. No, you don't want to confirm those situations. <laughs> but then, does every member's personality allow for that? You know, because not, not everybody has the, that, I call it gift, you know, of, of being able to get to people. Gift of you know, in, 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 in situations of, of, uh, of stress or, or, you know, whatever tragedy they're going through or whatever it is. There's, not everybody can get to someone in a certain way. You know? So here's, here's my counter for that, right? I've, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, I did think at one point I was going to be a police officer. Right? It's, I applied it's not for, too late. <laughs> I applied for a department where you were all three. You were a police officer, but then you also responded as a firefighter, and you ran medicals. That sounds really fun, actually. It was, it was, it was yeah. It, it, if, if I didn't get the call to, to the job I am at now, that's where I would have probably been. Triple threat um, player. Right? And then it's, a, it's definitely a place in Michigan, um, but it is a very, very thorough background. I'm talking about like they have a psyche valve. They have a uh, yeah. they call they called everybody. They called friends from grade school. They, they called, called my family. They didn't call you <laughs> ex girlfriends. They <laughs> called ex. I'm dead serious. They did I, that for me. <laughs> yeah, they called everybody, right? Because it wasn't just like all oh, your statistics. Yeah, come join. We'll take you if you could fit in these boots. Put them on, <laughs> right? It doesn't work like that. It is that mentation, that personality, that characteristic. Yeah. Can you talk to the public this way? But um, but yeah, I think Randy had mentioned he he talked about a course that was like enforcing de-escalation, and I think you and I were going to go to something like that and come back to it, and 
Maybe it wasn't you. I thought it was you. Yeah, I don't think it was me, but no. uh, we were talking earlier about um, what your greatest weapon is or whatever, your greatest mm-hmm. tool. And uh, I would say mine, uh, thanks for asking, guys. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> is being the coolest head in the room, like being yes. the coolest guy there. Yep, Even yep. though I might not be the most senior person, I might not be the guy with the biggest gun on me. Um, I might not be the um, most handsomest or with the best hairline. But uh, I, like I always try to be the coolest cat in the room. Um, and that usually, usually works. Because when I escalate, then everybody else seems to escalate, and then it's just a shit show. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, one time I actually had a, um, a gun pulled on me when I was working west side of Detroit, uh, EMS. Um, I learned real quick that... Uh, um, I need to change the way I act, and luckily I learned a lot from that. And that's one of the things I teach uh, when I'm training new people, um, is how to be the coolest person in the room and how to de-escalate things. So that's super important. Yeah, the textbook stuff is fun. Like, if you could tell me the, the dosages for amiodarone off the bat for whatever rhythm. Yeah, okay, cool. I really don't care. We got cheat sheets all over the ambulance, right? But the, if you can't talk to the patient and the family mm-hmm. appropriately, yeah. you're, you're useless to me. Mm-hmm. But to backtrack and de- or not de-escalate, but to revert back into the taser conversation. Can I, can I chime in real quick on talking to people? Go ahead, sir. That was one of the big things. And I, I'm still learning today, you know, because um, my, my buddies back in my old district, you know, they, no matter how much they should talk to me, they, they <laughs> care about me because they're like, you know, Steve, you got to work on how you talk to people. You're going to the west side. This isn't, you know, Chicago lawn anymore. It's a totally different game out there. The way you talk to people out here, it's going to get you smacked. This is verbatim out on the west side. So just learning how to talk to people, um, that's key. And, like, you know, that comes back to the radio comment earlier. Like, communication is clutch. You know, you, you don't even have to use your taser or pull out your firearm and, um, if you know how to talk to people yep, um, and kind of like on the fly <laughs> address their headspace and all that um, and go from there. Uh, really like the gift of gab, that verbal judo. Yeah. And, and a lot of that it comes from just your own like lived in experience being an adult, you know, it, it, all that, those training scars from the playground, you know, known as Pebbles, formerly known as Pebbles, not there anymore, to now all adds up to where you're at. Yeah. It's something I said, I think, in one of our earliest episodes, one or two or whatever. Um, I talked about the greatest tool you could have as on the, on the scene is saying when it comes to diffusion, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about, yeah, your body language is huge, right? Yeah. And how you, how you portray yourself. But some of the things we always forget to to do for our patients is just just straight up say. And I, I, I encourage everybody to listen to this podcast. Try it. Just tell the patient. Be like, let me see if I understand you right. Just show them that you're listening. You know, just show them that you're being empathetic. For sure. And that is, that is key to de-escalation. And mm-hmm. also, I think, like, if you if you know that you cannot do that, at least in my eyes, like... Be humble enough to say, you know what? Move on. Talk, talk to this guy. Hundred percent. Then train. Then train. Makes a huge difference. Hundred percent. I've seen it. You know. 
you know what? Have you guys ever did uh, CIT training? Did you did CIT training, right? We we brushed on it in the academy. We brushed on um, it. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I actually got to follow up on this because I'm yeah. I as of hitting my two year mark last year, I was eligible to take it, and then I was doing the emails take and it, like <laughs> signing up for it. I had my one of my favorite sergeants from my old district. He actually taught CIT at the academy, like that week long course where they're you know having people that displays you know. Well, <laughs> I don't know about this place, but uh, back at the academy, like they'd actually have people that are uh, trying to, you know, be PC here of this comment, but like oh, that fine. are that you know unfortunately suffer from some of the illnesses or the very, the reasons we have CIT in the first place. Um, they'd actually come in, they'd like, you know, on their own volition show footage of what they're like when they're, for example, not on their medication. Um, and then just how like what they're going through, and all that. Um, and again, this is all second hand of what I've heard. That it's a fantastic training. Um, but COVID put the kibosh on that, and I'm oh, trying to yeah, I'm trying to pick that up again and uh, get that training. Because, for example, my first training cycle with my he wasn't even an official FTO; he was an acting FTO. But you know, great guy. Like, um, we responded to a call in like somewhere in like by the McDonald's at like. Uh, Madison and I want to say Central in uh, the 15th district and uh, you know this very in shape gentleman <laughs> we were there to address he like just threw a bunch of uh, trash cans in the street and he was like jumping over the counter at McDonald's and like <laughs> you know attacking like the employees and stuff and uh, I'm in my mind you know this is like literally my first week on the street maybe like day Dang. two and I'm like, oh my god, like this is, this is it. I'm gonna get my ass whooped. <laughs> I'm like, I got my gloves on. I'm like, just starting. Like, I'm like, I'm praying to myself, like, oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, take the wheel. Uh, hold my glasses, please. Right. Sorry. Um, oh, it's second round is on you. I know. I know. I, I'm good for it. I got a bottle of uh, Terramana. There you go. With our names on it one somewhere. So uh, let me backtrack before we get too far away from it. Back on the taser conversation. Okay. Oh, look, can I finish real quick? <laughs> Damn it. Oh, no, but my FTO, like, talked this gentleman into the car, and, like, there were older officers there. They had their tasers ready behind their back, and, like, but the guy we're dealing with, like, he's, you know, he might be uh, suffering through a mental illness, but he, he knows what a taser looks like, and I think he's been tased before, so <laughs> just that visual is putting him on edge, but my FTO approaches him, like, hands in his pockets, and, I, you know, there's probably, like, a training like i don't want to say blunder because he talked the guy into the car it was amazing then since yeah, then i was like i gotta get the cit training like i have to because it like literally i thought i was about to get my ass kicked he talked the guy into the car <laughs> he's giving him like a cigarette and like just diffusing the situation is talking to him having a conversation yeah. um yeah. amazing training um but ever since that i was like i have to get this training and i need to follow up with uh the cit unit and get signed up for it again but uh yeah, it, you know I'm glad you said that because you'd be surprised how many, how many instances you could de-escalate situation just by having a pack of smoke in your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, you don't even need to smoke. I don't care, but just have a pack and be like for those situations where you could just be like, here, have a smoke real quick. Let's talk it out. I'll give you know? him. I could carry a pack of factory. Yeah. Smokes is there is there a holster? States. Hey, North American Rescue, can you make a holster for a pack of smokes? <laughs> I've seen them. They have them. Do they? <laughs> My buddy that uh, case. that I, you know, get my cigars from. He uh, he has 
something like that. Right now. <laughs> I don't know somewhere. if I want to give away my cigars, but well, that's why you gotta go with the the you know Drew State's like the factory line. <laughs> That's those, what they're hey, for. Those are good. Those are good. They are. They are. They're, they're cheap, but they're good. I mean, you've got to fly to a hot call. You don't feel guilty about you know, chucking out the window. Right? Oh, sorry, we don't, we don't litter in the city of Chicago. I take scary. that back. Of course not. Can I say something? Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, did t- I did talk about my uh, one of my FTOs. Like, remember I told you to retire on duty type yeah. of guy? One thing that I will say about him is that he, and I think it also comes with the um, just being on the job for so long. That he, he knew how to talk to people. Yeah. Which is what I learned from him. I, I did learn that from him. You know, he's like, oh. You know, when you talk to people, like, he got a lot of guys to just leave certain situations. <laughs> like, hey, man. You know, like, if we got calls for nothing that was big, just you just got to go. And I don't want to go. I don't want to go. You know, come on, man. Like, he talked to them really, really well. But I think that also came with uh, his his time on there. Like, he kind of knew. He knew everything that was going on around there. Mm-hmm. He knew he knew the people. Like, yeah, this is the, you know, I remember him saying that he, uh, he uh, FTO'd one guy who was like, he's never been to like the south side or something. He was always up north. And he's like, couldn't believe that like people live like that or something. I'm like, he's like, this is this is their life, man. You can't yeah. come up here and start saying things, you no. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's like, yeah, you don't do that stuff here, you know? That's where that, that guy didn't last too long, know, by the way. <laughs> community <laughs> awareness yeah. or cultural exactly. and he, awareness he was, comes into play. He was too. always willing to go to the community centers and or the, all, this, all the meetings and stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going. This is what we're doing today. We're going because we got to talk to these people. We got to be with these people. They got to see who we are, you know. And sure. I was like, wow, all right, cool. So one thing I didn't, even though we, I never did any traffic stops, nothing with that guy, but he taught me, like, how to talk to people. It was pretty good. That's huge. Yeah. That is huge. Which was a big asset. Huge. Yeah. Huge asset. Yeah. Can I finally go back into the tasers conversation? It's, it's not your, oh Vince, so what do you think, Thank Vince? you. <laughs> all right. Thank you for asking me. Okay. So tasers, right? Training about like trying to muscle memory and where to carry it and how to prevent yourself from making that mistake and this and that. But like you go into the device and it's the same trigger pull, the same kind of feel. Maybe the weight's a little different. Maybe the size is a little different. The colors a little different. All that other shen- shenanigans, right? But when's the last time you've ever heard someone say, "Hey, I'm gonna pepper spray you," and mm. they accidentally shoot you? <laughs> I've never heard of it. So why is it that we can't make a taser for y'all to carry? That it, it is it, it is completely impossible for you to use the same trigger finger. Exactly. Right? And they've exactly. they they have they have I've I Brandy and I have talked about it in the last episode. There is a department out there and I keep telling myself I'm gonna look it up, but they have designed tasers and pistols where instead of using a trigger finger, you're using your thumb. Mm-hmm. That one little change could mean life or death and all this other BS to happen again. Dude, I, I was listening to this other uh, podcast, and uh, they were talking about tasers. Same, same, same incident. Wait, you were listening to another podcast, not How this one? How dare you? Wow. <laughs> hey, All right, can I finish my... Your mic is mute. <laughs> All right, so the thing is that uh, they're like, okay, so how do tasers look like, right? They showed a few of them. I looked them up online, and most of the tasers that police officers use... They look like fucking guns. Yeah. What is the purpose? Like, there, there is no need to make them in that shape. I mean, you have all this technology. You can make it so they can wear it in a completely <coughs> th- different part of their body. You know, but still, they, making, they, they make it the same shape as a gun. Yeah. They act, activate it the same way as a gun. <coughs> Where is the... Pretty much uh, the same holster. Exactly, Everything is the same. Exactly. You said... 
they put him in the uh, in the weak arm, right? Yeah, of weak. course the officer's not going to use a weak but, arm or the weak position if he's under high stress. Exactly. Tunnel vision is a big thing. Tunnel yeah, vision. Tunnel vision. Tactical breathing. Right? I mean, for heaven's sakes, Hard. they've made lanyards. Hard. They make, each, like, this little, it looks like a freaking phone, and it shoots out a lanyard to, to wrap the patient or the victim, or not the victim, the the guy's arms around himself. It shoots I out a lanyard. That. You've yeah, seen like, that, see you, that, right? It's like a, like a, like right? a, like if a they web can make or something. all this, it makes him a web. It's like a Spider-Man thing, yeah. right? Who's that guy from our class who likes Spider-Man? <laughs> you know, he knows who he is. He probably has a couple saying, of if those. If we can make this kind of technology, why can't we go and progress into a situation where just instead yeah. of using your trigger finger, you're using your thumb? Yeah, yeah, I believe And you yeah. start muscle memory on that, right? It's the way it's, it's always just been. Make it in a different shape. Different shape. Why Why that, does it have to be that? Does it have to have the shape of a pistol? It's tactical. It's also familiarity. That's yeah. also yeah. true. That's I mean, I'm not big. a taser maker, but just going off what I know and yeah. think, you know. You got a point. I, I, I admit you got a point, you know, but, like, I think another reason why they probably do it is because that, That's what the training is for. No, yeah, know? but I'm just saying, no, I'm going off what he said, too, like, familiarity, you know, like, kind of knowing, like, yeah, you know. I know that our tasers at the time when I was there is... You use one hand. You know, mm-hmm. you should. It's one hand operated. You don't need to use two hands. Right. Um, and you, you know you're doing something wrong. But at the time, again, tunnel vision, right? But yeah. you know you're doing something wrong if you got two hands on it. Because those had cameras at the bottom. You had to hold it so that the camera was visible. Okay. So that was a benefit, I guess. And it, and it had two cartridges because sometimes if you would shoot one and it would hit the... Miss or something. No, it would hit... Like, you live in a cold city, right? You're wearing mm-hmm. clothing all the time. It might, not, it might not be effective. All right. Maybe the second one will hit or connect. Well, connect that you know right. current. I understand. I mean, that's just one of the things. That, but I understand. You know, I, you know, I get you. But that, let me, that's let me pause training. here for a second. Yeah. Let me pause here for a second because uh, Stephen's getting ready to go. He's got to go do some bigger. Many apologies. Stuff. How dare you? Right. So I, he's got to leave. But real quick, bigger. Before <laughs> we before we leave, Stephen, uh, I want your input on what we just drank and what we just shared. So, what is your intake on Hotel Tango? And what we have here is a bourbon. And for us, what does it say? Ready to drink, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely ready. Yeah. Listo. You know, because uh, I've been on a, a tequila kick lately, um, and I, I kind of, like, approach my drinks from a seasonal standpoint, but this definitely kind of made me fall back in love with bourbon. <laughs> How and did it, you drink it today? Uh, it went down smooth. I had it on, on the rock, one rock. It was, it, was <laughs> <laughs> it was a big rock, okay? Dwayne Johnson. Um, <laughs> No, but it, it was very smooth. It went down nice. It had some nice uh, taste notes. I'm not going to say which one specifically because I'm not an expert. But, uh, yeah, I would definitely, in a heartbeat, drink this one again. Hotel would you Tango, add this to a cocktail you. or would you just take it out of the bottle? Both. You'll, you'll yes. have to teach me about the cocktails. <laughs> Phenomenal. So, lastly, um, we're going to try to start a new thing. is a, a 1 to 10 scale of mm-hmm. scoring of thin lines, right? Because we're thin line. Can you give me a uh, like a what? Where would you put like good old? So let's say, Jack uh, oh, Jack that's Daniels. not a bourbon, Jack though, right? It's not. It, Jack is. It's. I always got Jack stored as for those friends that you don't really uh, need to spend that kind of money on. Ouch. But <laughs> but let's say Jack Daniels to me, and I'm never going to give a solid. Let's say five. You always want to give a five point something because it's a rookie move, right? Mm-hmm. Bar stools. Um, so to me, Jack is like a five point four. Okay. What about Blanton? Five point four thin lines. Okay. What would you give it? What would you give this Hotel Tango? Of all you've had, 
and the art of conversation that inspired you to have today, how would you rate the Hotel Tango? Burn? I'm going to give it a, uh, based on how easy drinking it was and tasty, going to give it a solid uh, 8.5. 8.5. Okay. Okay. Ooh, okay. Sorry. Right. I, be- I believe in diplomatic responses. <laughs> no, it's good. That's There's just always room for improvement. Um, I'm not saying it's, it, they need, that's what I need to, this is my perspective. But it was a great. Uh, it's a great bourbon. I like that. It is no. ready to drink. <laughs> it's even shaped like a you know a flask. Well, Stephen, it is it, it is always an honor to have you here. I'm I'm thankful that you took the time because honestly, you gave us a perspective we've been eager for, and it's the law enforcement side. So thank you yeah. for representing the thin blue line community onto our podcast. And lastly, what I would love for you to do is that uh, just state your name, like I am so and so, and I am within thin lines. I am Stephen Hines. I'm a police officer, and I am within Thin Lines. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor. Uh, sorry to cut it short, and I definitely look forward to doing this again. If you no, have. you're good. We'll take a quick little break, and we'll come back. All right.